Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leila Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Today we have the lovely Hope Taylor, although that's not even your real last name anymore. What are you doing <laughs> with your last name, Miss Recently Married? It's going to be Hope Taylor Blow. So my middle name will be Taylor. My last name is now Blow. And the joke is that I've made fun of him for that last name since elementary school. And here we are. Now I have it. So, you know, karma for me. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, we're here with Hope of Hope Taylor Photography and all the things. She is incredible. You guys probably all know her. She's been on the show several times and she's a dear friend of mine. And I am so excited that A, you're on the show and B, that we just got done celebrating your wedding. I had the chance to be a guest at the wedding. And I remember someone slid into my DMs that weekend and was like, oh my gosh, you're at the royal wedding. And I was like, oh my gosh. This is amazing. I have to tell Hope. And I waited until I got hit record to tell you. That's the most hilarious thing I've ever heard. I actually had a couple people DM me and say that. And I was like, I just, it made me laugh so hard because that could not be any farther from the truth, but it really was the best day ever. And I was so happy you were there. I mean, it legit looks like a royal wedding. I'm not going to lie. As somebody oh who was like presently there, it was the most beautiful day. And I'm just so happy for you um, today. You. Oh, you're so welcome today. The thing we're going to talk about um, with hope is a little bit different than the things that she normally teaches on, but because we're such good friends and I, we know a little about each other's journeys and the whole point of this podcast that we've had for, oh my gosh, actually it's our four year anniversary of the podcast when this episode releases. So yay! you can't see it, but I'm clapping my hands. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Thank you. It's kind of crazy. So four years of the podcast and the vision has always been just to like record the conversations I want to have with my friends who are also entrepreneurs and then share those conversations for people to be able to like listen in and feel like they're really part of the conversation. And so we keep it really real here. And, um, so we're going to talk about entrepreneurial guilt and boundaries and self-care and burnout and all, all the hard topics, but we'll kick it off with like the happy topic of your wedding. And I'll just like, (laughs) I'm just going to like ask you, this was a huge undertaking. I mean, having been a guest at your wedding, it was not small. Like she was beautiful. It was amazing. (laughs) And it was, it was so detailed and, and stunning. And I'm sure that the pressure as like a wedding photographer and a wedding pro probably was high, I'm assuming. And just in general, even if you're not a wedding pro, planning a wedding, any large life event, having a baby, planning a wedding, having a loss in your family, like big life events and running a personal brand or business together at the same time sounds like the hardest thing in the world. So like, tell us a little bit about what you did to juggle those things. Cause you seem like you did a really great job of like protecting (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're okay. First of all, you're so sweet with all of your sweet words about the wedding. It really was the best day ever, but you're a hundred percent right that it was very stressful. And I thought, I think I went into it as a wedding pro thinking, Oh, that's going to simplify things. Like I know what's important and what's not. I know what I want to prioritize, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it actually added to the pressure in a really big way because I 
I guess I should start there. The biggest thing I went into wedding planning knowing is that I wanted to be very intentional about making this about Hayden and I and not about my career in the wedding industry. So um, I, we, we really actually kept it small in terms of guest list, which it wasn't that small. I mean, there were over a hundred people there, but we both have really large groups of friends that if we kind of opened the door to me inviting like my industry peers and industry friends and him inviting his work friends, it would have been a three or 400 person event. And we knew that's not what we wanted. We wanted it to be our true closest friends and family. And so that was kind of decision number one that really helped me draw that boundary, but it was very, very, very hard and very overwhelming. And I think the biggest thing for me is that I vividly remember sitting down with Hayden one night and crying and saying like, you are so, cause he was studying for a huge exam on top of work. So we were both doing 80,000 things a day. And I inevitably was the one kind of answering wedding emails throughout my work day. And I said to him, I was like, this is so hard for me because unless you're sitting there with me and we're making these decisions together, it just feels like work to me because that's also what I do for work. And so he came up with actually the concept of wedding Wednesdays and every Wednesday night we would go together and focus on wedding planning. And that really helped separate like work and life and a wedding and just kind of gave everything its compartment, which is probably going to be a theme that we talk about on this call in general about, you know, mental health and self-care and, and balance. But that was really what helped me kind of keep my headspace straight on all of the different things because I wanted to be fully present at wedding planning, but it is almost hard when it feels like it's work if you don't take the time to intentionally think about it as your own. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So first of all, you guys are so freaking cute. I want to die. Second of all, <laughs> That was so cute. He came up with wedding Wednesdays. I'm literally he did. Dying. He did. So so cute. <laughs> Secondly, I I just think like what I'm hearing from that is that creating structure and clear boundaries is what helped you prevent things from getting too heavy or too overwhelming. Um, yep. And I think that I don't know about you, but like I've been in business now for ten years, and I feel like the first few years I was like freedom. Freedom is amazing. I don't have to have structure, like screw a schedule. I'm not doing it. And then I slowly came to realize like, no, the schedule is, if I make the schedule to protect myself, it's a very different feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's like, it's because I still, when I talk to new entrepreneurs or people that are exploring the idea of working for themselves or starting a business, I honestly think that everybody goes through the phase of kind of being like a baby business at the beginning when it's brand new. And the idea of the freedom is what's most exciting. And it does take time to realize that if you don't, if you don't make yourself be your own boss, everything gets out of hand really, really quickly. And your schedule ends up being 24 seven. And so yes, setting boundaries has been huge. And I'm sure we're going to talk about how that carries over into business, but with wedding planning, just compartmentalizing and setting boundaries across the board made the biggest difference for us. Yeah, I totally agree. So thinking about business, you have like multiple sides of your business as do I, but I feel like when you have those multiple sides of your business and you're trying to have a personal life and you're trying to have that balance, like what steps do you take and put into place so that things aren't falling through the cracks and so that you're not feeling emotionally overwhelmed or burnt out as much as possible? I mean, I feel like you can still be burnt out even if you put everything in place, but we'll talk about that later. But like what steps would you put into place if you were listening to this and being like, yeah, I'm starting to feel that overwhelm where I can't balance it all anymore? 
Yeah. So there's so many directions I feel like I could go with this because it has been a process. I've been in business for 10 years. So I would say year three is when I kind of started the process of setting boundaries and getting to the point that I'm at now where I can confidently say that I have a pretty healthy work-life balance on a day-to-day basis. There's seasons where I am very much drowning and that that's not the case, but on a, if you, if you look at it on average, I feel like I have a pretty healthy balance, but that's been six or seven years in the making. So I feel like that's just important context to have. But I think the very first thing that I did, if I'm looking back six, seven years ago, the very first thing I did to start having healthier boundaries was turn off all notifications on my phone. Um, and that sounds like, like every person ever is going to give you that advice. Like you hear that 55 different times. But for me, it's huge because I have a very kind of ADHD brain where if I see an email, I tell myself I have to answer it now or I won't remember to answer it. And the only way to make that go away is to just not see the email. So turning off my email notifications, my Instagram notifications, my Facebook notifications, those got turned off six or seven years ago and they remain off. I have to manually refresh those things in order to see those notifications come through. During my work hours, I do it all the time because it's my job. But as soon as my work hours end, I don't look at them anymore. And I would say that's the second thing that I did in terms of boundaries was set very, very clear work hours for myself. My morning start time is a little bit blurry because sometimes I'll start earlier. Sometimes I'll start later, but my end cutoff hour is 5 PM hard stop. Nothing else happens after that. I will say there's exceptions to that in seasons where I'm launching something or something crazy is going on. But general rule of thumb, my cutoff is 5 p.m. Hayden gets home by 545. That is Hayden and I's time. Same for the weekends. I do not work on weekends unless it's a wedding. So started with turning off notifications. Second thing I did was set really clear work hours. And I think in terms of you mentioned that feeling of overwhelm and burnout and like you're kind of pouring from an empty cup. The third thing that I made a big change on is my morning routine. And I feel like that almost carries a little more into like a self-care conversation, but having a morning routine that really refills my cup and is focused on caring for me before I start my workday, pouring into everyone else has been a game changer for me. And then lastly, it would be giving each day of the week its own assigned task. Um, I know we opened this by talking about all of the different like sides of our businesses. And that has made a huge difference for me too, is that Monday is dedicated to a certain task. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, each day has its own project that I'm working on. And there's kind of an umbrella of things each day. And then it changes each week, depending on what I have going on. But that really helps me to stay focused on what's the most time sensitive and what my team needs the most from me in that, in that week. Yeah, I do the same thing with the, like having each day have its own task. And I've gotten away from that in the past. And it's, it's definitely affected the way that I run things. And so I've, I keep coming back to it time and time again. So I love that you brought that up. Hey friend, I know it can be super overwhelming and intimidating to start on the path of becoming an educator, but if that is something that you're passionate about and that you're excited about, I have got a free gift for you. I've created an ebook that is going to help you learn about the big mistakes holding creatives back from becoming profitable, impactful educators and how to avoid making those mistakes in your own journey. So if you want to grab that free ebook, head to laylyamadi.com slash ebook, or just head to the show notes at so here's the thing podcast.com and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys and I'm cheering you on on your educator journey. I would love to talk a little bit more about we've we've kind of touched on burnout and I all your tips have been so amazingly like tactical. I think people can literally just go start doing <laughs> those things right now because in true hope fashion like I just feel like you always do that. You bring the like 
action steps. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear like on a personal note, have you ever experienced burnout? I mean, you have all these things in place. Did they, was there like a, a rough road to get there or was it like, no, I just like, I know this is something I'm going to have to do. Oh no, there was a very rough road to get there. So I referenced that I kind of started this process of setting boundaries back in, in gosh, six, seven years ago, what would that have been? 2014, 15 range. I don't know, 15, 16. And I always tell the story. I vividly remember I was visiting my parents. I had had dinner with them and my mom and I were sitting in the basement watching Gossip Girl. And I, at the time I was just doing photography. So the only time I was making money was when I was trading my time. So I was at peak, peak, peak burnout. I was making six figures of revenue at that time, like from the outside looking in, like she was thriving. She was doing great. I had just decided not to go to college. So I was kind of in this phase of trying to prove to everybody that this was lucrative and it was a career and like, she can do it. And I was drowning and it sounds really dramatic, but I was literally putting myself into the hospital because my body was physically drained. Um, like I was getting sick repeatedly. They thought I had an autoimmune disorder. Like it was really bad for probably a good nine months. And I remember that, that moment in my parents' basement, we were watching Gossip Girl. And I remember I just was feeling like I was drowning because I had so many sessions that needed to be edited, so many emails to answer. I wanted to break into the education space, but had absolutely zero time to do that. And I was, I was beyond burnt out. I was physically unwell because I was so drained. And I very, very clearly remember that that was the moment where I said to my mom, something has to give, I have to change something in order to be able to maintain this. Like I've just been improving myself mode and trying to make it happen, but this isn't sustainable. And the whole reason I wanted to do this as a career was to work for myself, have that freedom and make it sustainable. So something has to give. And I actually completely cut a side of my business for a whole year to give myself the time back to kind of create and scale this online side of my business, which resulted in me having more freedom and has kind of scaled my business to where it is today. So that is the the pinnacle kind of moment I remember of when I knew something had to give and where a major kind of left turn happened and a major shift happened in, in what my plans were for my career. Oh my gosh. There's so much we could like dive into on that one. <laughs> thanks for sharing Two, I, I mean, we talked on this podcast before I've, I've had many, many conversations with you guys who are listening about, you know, physical health and mental health and the health and wellness of your business all being related. Uh, in fact, I think I did like a full episode a year ago when I was on this huge, like health and wellness slash like weight loss journey and, and how much I didn't realize that the health of my business was suffering as was my own health. So like, yep. it is definitely a direct correlation. And you and I both are like orange theory girls. Like we're so yeah. into it right now. And I think that's a huge part of it is like the yeah. physical, mental work triangle. 100. Well, when you're your own brand and your own boss and you are in charge of your productivity and your mental health and all of those things, of course, it's going to naturally affect your work and how you feel about being burnt out versus being inspired versus being exhausted. And it's actually, I mean, it's funny, but not funny, but I still, if I get too burnt out, I will get physically sick and my blood vessels actually start popping. Like I get these like weird bruises. And so if that happens to me, we call it my check engine light and it doesn't happen often. It happens like once every two years, but we joke, we're like, that's Hope's check engine light. Like she has a weird bruise, like on her arm, she needs to calm down. And so it's like, my body literally shows like physically shows when I'm burnt out and exhausted. And it, it's just so true because like you said, that trickles down into my productivity, trickles down into my work, trickles down into everything if, if I'm not taking care of myself first. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Check engine light. That's amazing. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> you I, should. I have, it's hilarious. Like, I think everyone has their own version of that. Like I know, as you were saying that I was like, I know exactly what my version of that is. I faint. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm a faint kind of person. I tend to like literally black out every so often. So that would be mine. So we'll, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to note that for the future. Yeah. It's your um, body telling you to slow down. Yeah. Rough. Um, gotta, gotta love that check engine light, <laughs> uh, but no, I love, I love this. And I know like, you know, going to therapy and going to the gym and getting it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot to take on, especially if you are listening to this and maybe you're in the place of burnout now. So I just want to like hit pause and just give a quick encouragement that like, if this, even this conversation sounds overwhelming to you, just like one thing at a time, one day at a time. Um, I just thought that was important to point out because I know when I hear like, I need to make a lot of changes, I get really stressed out and I tend to, um, just shut down. So me too. Well, and can I give like one small practical thing to do if you can only take one away? So if you're in that place, because I, I feel like that, like I'll turn a podcast off if I'm listening and they're like, here's 15 things you need to do. And I'm like, I don't even have time to shower, but thanks. I think the best place to start that made the biggest difference for me, like smallest effort, biggest result was getting up 30 minutes earlier so that I had time for myself before I started doing things for other people. This is even more important for parents. Like I'm, I'm not in that phase of life yet, but I can only imagine how much more you're pouring out and giving every single day with kids in the picture. And I remember you mentioned therapy. I was on a call with my therapist. Her name's Maria. She's my bestie. And I was like, I'm just exhausted. Like I'm burnt out. I feel so drained at the end of every day. And she was like, okay, well tell me what your day looks like. And I listed all the things I'm doing and the emails I'm answering and the friends I'm giving advice to and my parents that I'm checking in with and all of these things. And she was like, well, when did hope get any attention in that day? And I was like, well, frick, Maria, like, you're right. Thanks for that wake up call. And so I've started my day now. I don't pour into anyone else or give any of myself, pour from my cup until I have done something for myself to refill it. For me, that's a workout that does not have to be what it is for you. I didn't work out for many, many years of my life, but maybe that's just getting up and reading a book or making yourself coffee before you check your phone and putting on a fluffy robe in the morning, cuddling your dog for a little bit before you check your phone, like just doing something for yourself to refill your cup first thing when you wake up and before you have to start doing everything for everyone else will completely change your productivity and and how you feel going into your work day, at least from my experience. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great starting point, especially because it is such a approachable one. So hopefully you guys can, can get started on, on that. I mean, I think morning routines are one of the most, we have a whole episode on that, but even the tiniest of a morning routine can be so helpful, especially if it Mm -hmm. doesn't involve work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, So let's say we've talked a lot about like history and we've both experienced burnout. I experienced, I've experienced it multiple times. In fact, I was, I used to speak on it. Like that was like my number one topic I would go speak on. And I still to this day, I mean, I just, I'm I'm actually currently in a recovery of a, of a little burnout that like I kept quiet. Spoiler alert. I just burned out. (laughs) Everything is fine. But I'd love to know, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what do you do if you feel that starting to come back on? Because sometimes you can't Mm -hmm. catch it, but sometimes you can. So like, what are some, what are like a couple of things that you do if you're like, uh oh, like it's happening. This is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think in my experience, there's different levels of burnout. So, and I'm making this up on the spot, but I think this is kind of how I experience burnout. So level one is like, I'm burnt out just on a day, like 
in my day. Like I hit 2 PM, I'm exhausted. I've done too much today and I don't feel like I'm being productive anymore. Um, that's like very low level burnout, but I'm just, I'm drained from my day. That actually happened to me this morning. The biggest thing I do in those situations is change my scenery and mix something up in some capacity. I'll get up and go to a different coffee shop. I will just get up and go for a quick 30 minute walk. Changing my scenery makes a huge difference. I don't try to push through it though. Like I, I don't like to just sit there and force myself to be productive when my body doesn't want to do it because I'm going to do crappy work and have to redo it anyway. I would rather just get up, remove myself, take a second, come back. Doing that when I recognize it in the middle of a work day actually helps it to not get to like an extreme level where my body is, is dying. <laughs> so that's level one. Level two for me is after a really busy season. So for photographers, that might be like the fall. So we're shooting nonstop back to back to back, October, November, family photos, whatever it is that you're doing. I will get so burnt out creatively at the end of that, that I am, I don't want anything to do with the camera or any of the work. To me, that's like a level two of burnout. And the way that I handle that is by keeping my eyes focused on the light at the end of the tunnel and having a reward at the end, <laughs> like a little treat. And so whether that's just like a day trip downtown with a girlfriend or just something at the end that I can look forward to, and that typically helps get me through that like level two burnout. I'm going to be exhausted. I need a light at the end of the tunnel. And when I hit that end of the tunnel, I'm going to completely unplug. I'm going to put my camera away. I'm going to give myself a full break. That really helps me. Level three burnout is what I talked about before, where I'm like sobbing in my parents' basement. I literally can't even fathom getting out of the pit of burnout because I'm so freaking exhausted. In those situations, I feel like I the best thing that helps me is to do something that's going to practically make a difference. It stepping away and then just coming back to that same amount of workload is not necessarily going to fix anything. So in those moments, I like to take a break. I'll take a day off, two days off, a week off, go get a massage, do whatever I can to just like take care of me for a couple of days. And then when I come back to it, I try to look at what led me to that point and make a change to make sure that doesn't happen again. Like, okay, was I burnt out because I was doing too many sessions? Is that what was exhausting was going and interacting with people and actually taking pictures? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe that actually refilled my cup. Maybe the part that was exhausting was the editing. What can I outsource? What can I increase my prices on so I'm doing less of it without sacrificing my revenue? What can I change or what boundaries can I set to make sure that we never get to this point again? Because once I hit that level of burnout, it's almost always a wake-up call to me that I need to do something that... Maybe I knew needed to happen the whole time, but I just didn't want to have to face. Like I didn't want to have to go through the process of outsourcing my editing or I didn't want to have to set that boundary of being done with work at five because I love being a workaholic. Like usually it's a wake up call to me that I, I need to make a change and I go back into work knowing that that's my first priority is to make sure it never happens again. Okay. Yes. Actually, I love that breakdown because I do think that there are different levels and we tend to kind of focus on that level three, like the big bad one and not really use the other two to kind of reevaluate. But I do love what you said about going back and, and evaluating, like, where did you go? Where did things go wrong? Not where did you go wrong, but where did, where could things right. change to make things better? Um, I think that's something that's super important and also something that people can, you know, be actionable about. So love that. And then the last thing I want to talk about before we do the whole, you know, unpopular opinion signature <laughs> sign off is, the concept of entrepreneurial guilt. So I feel like we hear the phrase a lot, or maybe we don't anymore. I used to hear the phrase all the time. And it was kind of applied to like guilt as an entrepreneur, whether it's in your business or in your personal life or both. And I know that that's something that I struggled with a lot up until maybe five years ago, even maybe even, maybe even more recent than that, if I'm being honest, like 
That's not true. You know what? I'm going to call myself out on that lie. I've struggled with entrepreneurial guilt like a month ago with my husband, just being like, I feel like a bad wife because I can't keep up with cooking meals every single night and running a business and like, but I'm home, but I'm running my business. And you know, that was, I think, I think a version of entrepreneurial guilt, but yeah, have you, have you experienced that? Like, how has that looked for you and how do you overcome that? Yeah, I definitely have experienced that. I feel like the boundaries that I've set in the last few years have helped me to like mitigate some of those feelings because it used to, for me, it looked like, I'm so sorry that I'm checking my phone at dinner, but I just really feel like I have to, or I'm so sorry that I'm pulling my laptop out on this vacation, but I just really need to get back to my team. And I feel like I have come to peace with my, it's more of myself making me do those things than anything, but I feel like I've come to peace with myself of knowing that I'm not a brain surgeon and nothing is going to, you know, explode or or hurt someone if I don't respond fast enough. So that was a big piece for me that contributed to the guilt that I needed to get under control. And I feel like I have in the last year or two, I think the bigger thing that is, and I think it's a form of entrepreneurial guilt, like you were talking about is figuring out roles as a wife and like living with Hayden and what those household responsibilities look like when we both work, even though I'm the one at home, like you were just saying, like, yes, I'm home. I could clean the kitchen, but like, I'm kind of working, but was I working when I was scrolling through Instagram? Like, I don't know, like that type of entrepreneurial guilt. I feel like it it is a form of it. It's a different form, but I do feel like that has been interesting to navigate of figuring out like, okay, what is, what do those rules look like since we do work from home? And what is it me telling myself I'm not doing enough versus us actually splitting responsibilities? And those conversations were hard to navigate at first, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Especially I, I think about myself and how I am. I had like two reactions in two seconds because I'm like a little nuts. And I was like, oh, I feel like a bad wife. And then before anybody could even say, poor Tim, before he could even say anything, I was like, but also how dare you like have this extra. And he's like, I do not have this expectation. I will pick up Chick-fil-A. Like, I don't know yeah. why you're upset. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Why are you freaking out? That's what Hayden says to me. He's like, why are you freaking out? Like, it's fine. And I'm like, because I just feel bad. Yeah. So I definitely think it's like, it's, it's my own problem, but I think it's, I think it's more common than people really talk about. So I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad we're touching on it. And then the last question I have before we, before we end this lovely combo is um, <laughs> your unpopular opinion. So it can, I guess it could be about boundaries or self-care or entrepreneurial guilt, anything we've talked about really. Oh, I feel like, I, I feel like the thing that comes to my mind is almost contradictory to what I've said so far on this call, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it's important to mention on this conversation. And that is that I believe seasons of hustle are necessary and not necessarily a sign of a negative sign, not necessarily a negative thing all the time. Like I feel like self-care and balance and all of these conversations we've had are obviously wildly important, but I simultaneously believe that there were some seasons of hustle in my business that were necessary and that I wouldn't be to where I was if I didn't put in the extra work and put in the late hours and do the hard work. Should it be at the expense of your health? Absolutely not. But I think sometimes there's a conversation around hustle that like hustle is a bad thing and, um, you know, don't ever work past 5 PM and, and, you know, those types of things. And I think that there's a balance that comes with being an entrepreneur and knowing that some of the sacrifice will be that you have to work a little bit after your kids go to bed or will sometimes be that you have like your husband gets the day off on Memorial day and you have to work because you have things left over from the previous week. There are some times that's going to happen. And I feel like that's 
half unpopular opinion, half me just wanting to give permission to anybody listening that like there are still exceptions to the rule and that you don't need to beat yourself up if you're really good at self-care, but sometimes you have to work till 10 p.m. Like there is a balance and, and those things can coexist in a healthy way. I actually totally agree. And I, you kind of touched on earlier how the first time you burnt out, you took a year off from one of your, like one of the mm-hmm. pieces of your business to grow another part. Yeah. Um, and I talk about that in my educator Academy. And even at the, at the educator conference, I was telling everybody who was trying to build a new offer. I was like, you have two choices. Really? Mm-hmm. One is that you take a step back from what you're doing to build something new. And two is that you go back to your hustle mode. And you have yep. to do both. And like, that's a choice that you can make. Like you have the yep. freedom to make that choice. Yeah. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is that you get the freedom to make the choice, but it is, a, it is an option. Like, I think sometimes people are just like, the only option is to hustle until I'm exhausted or have really perfect work-life balance, but there can be seasons of both that coexist in a healthy business in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing everything so openly. I love having you on the show. I love having you as a friend. I love having you on the show too, because I just feel like you are so open with your journey. And I think that inspires a lot of people. And it also, like you said, gives them permission to accept that like they are not alone in the way that they feel. So I really appreciate you. Oh, well, I love being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, friend. Okay, you guys, we'll see you on the next episode. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach, because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.